Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Word, we will discuss a word, think community, balance, tenacity, etc., in hopes of motivating our audience to incorporate more of that into their lives. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers. How are we doing, everyone? This is our second episode in two weeks, which is big for us. We're back at it. We are back at it. Um, Welcome back. We're here for a What's the Word today. Um, Today's word is style, which I will talk about why I chose for these lovely ladies in a minute. Welcome back. For those who don't know me, I'm Jamie, one half of the Dreamcatchers. I'm Marissa. Marissa. Nice to see everybody. And we are thrilled to have these two lovely ladies what is it? Bookending us? Yeah, bookending us. <laughs> Better um, than flanking. Yeah, <laughs> bookending us today. So good afternoon. Welcome. Thank you to Christian. Before I forget, at Shared Universe for doing our sound today, and wanted to take a moment to introduce to you Alyssa and Regina, the founders and owners of Salon Six Eight Five. That so, if you follow us at all, even a little bit, we've probably talked about this place like five hundred times. Oh, you can see these. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Um, wanted to introduce you guys. Would love for you to both introduce yourself. Just tell us who you are. And, you know, we obviously know where you're from because I just said it. But just a quick overview of you. And we're going to get into it and kind of lead the questions from there. But just go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. I'm Alyssa Rose. I am one of the co-owners from Salon 685. Thank you guys for having us here. I'm of so course. So excited to be here. So oh, my God. My headphones are very big today. <laughs> I'm feeling, feeling loose. Um, wonderful. Sorry to inter- interrupt you. Go ahead, Regina. I'm Regina, uh, Melissa's partner in Salon 685, and I'm happy to be here too. So excited to have these ladies. It's long overdue. For those of you that don't know where 685 is, one of the best parts about 685 is it's the address of Salon 685, which is 685 Broad Street in Shrewsbury. Jamie and I do love a double entendre. I do love it. And um, for those of you local, you'll know kind of Broad Street goes from Red Bank to Shrewsbury. It's kind of where it switches over. So right after you kind of drive past the Grove on the left-hand side in a beautiful little house on your left. Um, so, okay. I'm going to say it. Okay. I'm going to tell a story as to why I know Regina and Alyssa, because I think it speaks volumes about uh, the word style. Okay. So once upon a time, there was a young woman, and I put young in quotes, who moved from the city to Hoboken and then from Hoboken to Fairhaven. And this young woman would consider herself naturally blonde. (laughs) I don't know if you know who it could be, but I may or may not be speaking of myself. And when I got here, I was still kind of going back and forth to um, my city appointments that were hours long and 
a couple boat rides away and difficult to manage uh, between my work in the city and my kids at home, my commute, which is, by the way, par for the course for most of us that balance a lot, finding time for self-care, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast. But my biggest issue is, is if I found somebody local, what would it mean for my hair? (laughs) So... And if anyone knows anything about me, as selfless as I am and as much good as I like to do in this world, I'm extremely vain and I'm the first to admit it. Mm. So with that said, uh, endearingly vain, is that okay? Yeah. Endearingly vain. Um, I went up to every pretty blonde, really, um, like as if I was like a 75-year-old man. I went up to every pretty blonde in the local area and asked them, where they got their hair done. And, you know, as a natural blonde, you can actually tell the difference between people that have dyed hair versus slightly enhanced blonde hair. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's a method for the madness. So anyway, every person that I really, truly liked said that they got their hair done by their cousin or sister-in-law in in their sink (laughs) in Staten Island. (laughs) And I said to myself, what am I going to do other than find a friend that potentially could live in Staten Island. So unbeknownst to me, I was referred by this one woman that was super kind to me when I was in a pinch and got a blowout in a salon in Hoboken who said she had a friend that had another salon in Shrewsbury and that if I ever needed anything, I could go there. It wasn't really my vibe and I wasn't getting that answer when I was asking all the pretty blondes. However, it just turns out that one of the times I asked somebody, they said, but my friend in Staten Island is coming to New Jersey and taking over a salon on Broad Street, and it's going to be called Salon 685. So I went. And Regina and I met. It was probably 2016. We were instantly friends, instantly. And the blonde that you see is because of her. And sometimes Alyssa, there've been, (laughs) there's, there've been some moments, um, but you know, for a woman and I, I'm speaking a long time because women out there know this is actually a really important conversation, Mm. feeling good about yourself, feeling comfortable in an environment, knowing that someone is trusting and you you can trust them and that your exterior is going to match your interior Mm. and your confidence and all the things that we do in our lives we're in this woman's hands. It's weird because you're on the opposite side of the <laughs> I know. I'm like, like pointing, what? but we're reversing. I feel like the, the GPS. Yeah. Anyways, I have been <laughs> loyal since the day we walked in. And what I do when I'm really loyal is I open this big mouth. Megaphone. And then I put her on it. And then next thing you know, we're doing this annual event that we've been doing for, this is our 11th year, with them as our partners. And not to mention helping them, you know, build awareness of their business long before they both even moved to New Jersey from that island over there. Um, Anyway, so I call them both friends and allies and style experts and also Partners. partners and also woman to all women out there. When you walk into their salon and you see really, truly how stunning everybody is. The best part about these women is they're beautiful, but you don't resent them. Mm. And I mean that. 
you actually admire and want to be around their beautiful energy. And I think that is why they have so many loyal customers. And that I couldn't, I'm, that is completely from my heart. There's nothing about them that I have ever felt like, oh, they're too pretty. Oh, they're too smart. They're too everything. I just always want to be around them. In fact, two seconds ago, I walked in and I was in a bad mood. And I said, I always feel better when Regina's around me. Sure enough, it's true. So, And then was she a- was like, sorry, Jamie and Alyssa. <laughs> totally. I actually did say that. Okay, so that was my big soapbox, mo- my soapbox moment. But the truth is, is these are very special people to me. And if I'm going to hop on and introduce them and unpack their story, I got to start with where it started. And we've been friends since 2016. And frankly, life here in Fairhaven, everything that we've done, that we've built together started then. And Regina was at the beginning. So I'm very thankful for them being here today. And I'm excited for all the work that we do together. And I genuinely love them. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I feel the same way. And so I want to start by echoing what Marissa just said and also say, I don't dye my hair. I used to dye my hair. Now I'm going to have to start again because I saw the grays. So here we go. Um, However, also wasn't as particular about my color. Definitely for anybody that knows the two of us, less particular as far as appearance and vanity than my sister. Um, And so I wasn't a big hair dyeing person, nor do I even get it cut as much as I should. Um, But these girls are the ones that I see. And also if I ever wanted a blowout, and the thing is I love about them so much is that like for a long time, I was like biased. Like I was like, I only want Regina or Alyssa and they do such a good job, which is something we'll probably talk about in their training and their development of their staff, which Marissa and I geek out about as we know in that we do that for a living as well, that it's the kind of place where you could be like, fine, I'll just see anyone. Like, and I literally mean that. Like, I'm like, if they train them and their stamp of approval is on them, I'm sure this girl is going to give me a great blowout, you know? And so I've tried- Or haircut. Or haircut. Actually, in that case, more recently, as they've become busier and they both have kids and they're not always at the salon, that they've been able to- train their staff in a way that I can walk in there and pretty much get my hair cut and blown by pretty much anyone because I don't have a particular color or style that I need. And even if you do, by the way, anyway. Um, so they're here today to talk the word style. And I'll tell you why I chose that. Marissa and I went back and forth about it for a while. I think we love a double entendre, as I said. So obviously hairstyle. Um, they both are very stylish as far as presenting themselves. And also so is the staff. Everybody has a vibe that feels like you want to be around them when you're at the salon, which Marissa and I were like, that's a great way of, of using the word style. And also just the style in which you run your business. And that to us is why you're here. Like we are dr- the dream catchers for a reason. We like to talk about people and with people who, and shine light on people that are doing things that inspire us. And whether or not our guests know it, what you're doing is inspirational to us. And sometimes you may not feel that way. And sometimes we might inspire you or vice versa. But that's the beauty of our partnership is that the style in which you run your business is very much the same style as how Marissa and I run our business, which is why it just works. Um, so anyway, in in that vein, before we jump into everything, I want to make sure I, I focus on our event for just a second, because this is why we're here today. Besides, of course, the conversation. We're going streaking for breast cancer is our annual event that we do every year. And two main things to clarify. We are not running naked. Sorry. Streaking is. <laughs> and we are not dyeing your hair pink. We are giving you a pink 
clip in, sew in, however you want to call extension. it, extension. Okay. So a lot of people ask that question. So those two things aside, Marissa and I, our mom, Nancy, is an 11 year survivor. The moment she got diagnosed, that she so timely decided to tell us on September 11th, 20, whatever that was. We're like, could you have chosen a different day? Um, We went almost immediately to our local salon and said, can you give us a pink streak in our hair? And they said, sure, but we have to order the hair in bulk. Do you have like friends you can invite? We have to order by 25s. And we look at each other and those of you that know us are like, yeah, we got you. Like, we're just going to invite 23 of our friends to come and also get a streak. And that's how it started. And then people kind of expected us it from us. Like, oh, are you guys going to do that pink streak thing in your hair again? So it started as just- Very a- natural, very organic. And usually with everything that she and I do, we put a lot of thought into it. Like, this was not thought out. This was just- Yeah, we're like, we, should we do this? We and then we were to like- something to okay. make ourselves feel better. So it was an actual, was like, we- just- Yep. We were trying to heal ourselves and we wanted the pink and we were going to do this walk and we were part of the cancer club and we wanted pink. This was 2012. This was after mommy's treatment. We were not quite there in October of 11 because yeah. she was just diagnosed. So we like needed a minute. Yeah. Um. So in- We were Oct- doing that walk. Yes, we did that walk. October of 12 is when we started, hence the 11th year. Um. When we moved down here, we needed to find a partner to do it for us, execute our vision. And that's where these girls came in. So join us. We will talk about it more, but it starts tomorrow, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So excited. Throughout the month of October, you make an appointment and buy your streak on our website, www.thedreamcatchers.life and there's a pop-up right on the first screen that says streaking. Um, Daughters, sons, friends, groups of girls. We've gotten it all. I mean, it has been such a joy to watch this grow and every year we've done it a little differently. Last year we had a huge blowout celebration at Bellworks. This year we're doing it where you can come in any Tuesday and Wednesday in all of October or join us on the 24th in the evening for a blowout celebration that will have like, you know, champagne and celebrate the whole, ex, you know, exciting event and month. And this year, instead of just Susan G. Komen, which we donate to for research purposes, we're also supporting our, my friend that I just met, Maggie LaBarbera, who I absolutely adore, um, started this foundation called Breast Intentions with her family. And they actually support, oh, I have their pamphlets over there. I meant to bring it over there. Christian, will you grab me? The, can you get up or no? Or are you going to like lose, we're like lose sound because I asked him to do something for me. Um, Breast Intentions is an organization that actually gives money direct. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'll take the whole suitcase. Um, hey. It has some hair in it too. But I wanted to hand, put up their uh, pamphlet, which I will show you guys. But basically they do actual fundraising for women that are suffering like as we speak. So like pay their rent, pay their car payment. Um, It's unbelievable what these people do. So they're local. They're right here in Monmouth County. um, And we're going to be supporting their efforts this year. And we're so excited about that. Um, So anyway, I could talk about this forever. We'll talk more about it. So let's get into it. Um, Would love for you guys. We always start our conversations, no matter the arc of our podcast with the same question about, and we love to correlate, Marissa's even better at this than me because of her intuition, how, what you wanted to be when you grew up correlated into what you do now. Okay. So deep, dig deep, think about that first earliest memory of what you wanted to do 
when you were an adult. Do you want to go first? Okay. Did you want to do hair? Mm-hmm. No. See? Okay. I wanted I wanted to be a doctor. A doctor. <laughs> wow. Lisa. It, it, it does kind of make sense a little bit. Uh-huh. We were talking about it the other day. And I was like, well, it kind of makes sense in the way that I like do hair because I kind of dissect the hair and I look at the what's wrong with the hair or what's, you know, what's great about the hair. And we kind of work from there. I'm, I'm, I really love color corrections also. So it's kind of like, and I'm like artsy too. So it kind of blends together. Plus I'm dealing with, you know, making people happy and you're a psychiatrist leaving. and I'm, yes, <laughs> you're actually a psychiatrist probably. And they're leaving happy and healthy and, and, when you're a doctor, you kind of like, you know, sometimes you have to deal with sick people. That's kind of sad. You know? When do you yeah. remember the switch from being a doctor? Was it science class? Well, that no. would usually be the way. Usually I, people I are like, I hate out. blood. I love yeah. science. I love science. Like I could, I want to go, I want to be a doctor. I still, still. Be a doctor, like a homeopathic doctor, like that mm-hmm. natural medicine type thing. Cause I still, all I do is focus on that all day long. Like even with my clients, I feel like that's the conversation. So, so you're saying, so I'll just cover up my Celsius. <laughs> you're like watching. <laughs> what is that poison yeah, that you're yeah. drinking? You're I'm not scared. judging me on this. I'm not going to drink that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, homeopathic until I drink Celsius. Yeah, right. Totally. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so, so you still incorporate your love for science. I do. Mm. I do. That was like my strong point. I mean, math and science, but I just loved like, like art. And I feel like I just, you had two sides of your brain. Oh, totally. Because you're a painter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I draw, like I was always creative. So it kind of, you know, follows through into what I do now. and But I feel like mixing the color, things like, like there's a chemistry. lot about what you guys do that's yeah. scientific. Math and yep. chemistry, yeah. ratios, formulation, it's, it's like all connected, which I love. Like I love that. Like formulating, canceling out tones. My whole staff will come to me and they're like, Alyssa, we need this formula. We have this like problem. And I'm like, okay. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, let me put on my binoculars Ooh. really quick and my exactly. Bunsen burner. Um, okay. So that's very interesting. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. See? Yeah. yeah. Um, and now I, I am very curious because I actually don't know if I know the story of how your paths crossed. But I so, want to hear Regina. But I want to hear Regina. What she wanted to be when she baby grew. visions. Yeah. Ooh, your baby vision. And my baby boards. visions were I wanted to be a performer. Like mm-hmm. I, I was comfortable on the stage, dancing, and you know, singing and dressing up. And same girl. Yep. And um, my girl try out for Idol. Yeah. Yep. Tried out for American Idol right here. She did. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes, Neither did I. I know. This is why we had the best conversation trying to figure all this out together. It was great. I was like, did you know when I was young? (laughs) It is fun to unpack that stuff. And by the way, that in and of itself is like why we do this. Like these guys are partners, dear friends, been doing this forever. And they don't know that that's. Yeah. Yeah. Something about each other. Yeah. But it, it did make sense when she said doctor. I was like, oh. Okay, no, I get it because we have this different technique of how we go about things, but at the same time, like we do share everything together. But she is like, she dissects things. And I'm like, there, well, there's the doctor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Does make sense. And actually, Regina didn't have me, like, she brought it up. She was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it so does make such a yeah, And you know what? Amazing. I actually, you kind of correlated your own 
But performer too. I mean, these are easy for us. It's fun when somebody said they wanted to be like a linguist and we're trying to figure out how they like go from loving language to what they do now. Or who was that? Bola. It's Bola. Oh yeah, Bola. So Hi, Bola. Hi, Bola. So I think like performing so much of what you guys do, which I think will probably come up when we're talking about training your staff too. You have to be comfortable talking to people. Like you, you're on stage all day long, mm-hmm. like you're behind, but you're, you're behind the scenes. Cause but you're looking in the mirror, you're talking to them. You have to engage with them. You have to figure out what's, if you have to read the, the whole vibe, like, do they feel like talking? Do they not want to talk to me? Should mm-hmm. I keep this conversation going? i I think about that kind of stuff when I'm sitting in a chair, cause I'm the talker obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think that that part of what you guys do is probably very challenging and you need to figure out what piece, you know, where to begin and where to end. And it's a lot of performing what you do and mm-hmm. very creative, obviously. I I have I have been in your, I mean, granted, I don't come to the salon. Many, many women have to come to the salon. Often. In a, in a very like every repetitive six weeks way. Type of way. Yeah. I am not there as often. Um, but when I'm there, we, we tend to have fairly rich experiences. Mm. Um, and I have never seen Regina lose her cool ever, not once. I've seen her get, I could tell just because I read energy, I could tell when she got irritated by something, but I've never seen her get upset. And and this is like, as she's trained multiple people over the last several years, she just has so much patience for the teaching. So I really think, I mean, granted, I don't see her behind closed doors the way you do, but this is I, like the other day when one of my it, friends was like, I've never seen your husband lose their temper. I'm like, mm, you don't live in my house. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're I like mean, Stowe's yells. I'm like Stowe's yells. Exactly. Like, you know, like he does. Yeah, he does. Um, but, um, but you know what like, I was saying, like, I think that that your teaching or like some of your call to actions to some of the stuff that you've been doing lately or now mm-hmm. really dials into the performance. Yes, I agree. And also being able to keep particular your... to the music that's on in the salon. Exactly. Yes. And keeping your cool and all that stuff is very, like you said, it, it is so much part of the performing arts, you know, and like putting on your game face and all the things, not real having anybody realize how you're actually feeling at all. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, I love that. Okay. So as Marissa kind of alluded to, would love to hear either one of you start. It's fine. How would you get from wanting to be a doctor, wanting to be a performer, to doing hair? And then from there, how would you meet each other? Like, what's the mm-hmm. – give me the quick down and dirty. It doesn't need to be the full path. By the way, on this screen, they look like sisters. They really do. You know, I, I will just insert one one more piece of information here. Typically, when we're talking to corporate-minded people, like people that climbed a corporate ladder, we like to talk about internships and where you went, remembering that this is a career podcast, <clears throat> right? So we like to talk about how you grew into what you do now and think of your answers in a way that you're inspiring someone that maybe is out there trying to figure out how they get from wanting to be a doctor to being a mm-hmm. somebody that does hair. So I'd love to kind of hear how you got there. Um, did you work right, right away? Like, were you working in high school, like college, right after college, didn't go to college, started just doing hair. Like, I'd love to hear the story of the progression and then how you guys met. So we, which one of you wants to start? I'll, I'll, I'll put it all in a nutshell. Cause we had this conversation the other day, which was very funny that we both had the same first job. I worked at Everything Yogurt and she worked at Carvel. No way. Ah, yeah. I worked at Friendly. I worked at Ice Cream. That was not a doctor. 
No, no, no. But you did have to perform a little bit. Right. Everything. And I'm sure so you good. like had the perfect swirl, right? Mm-hmm. But everything yogurt was. Very, I was very so meticulous good. with my scooping. So we both kind of like, um, I would say for me, I wanted to go to LaGuardia in mm-hmm. the city. Same. I didn't get to go there. I ended up going to a high school in Staten Island and I, I did not like school. I didn't um, find like your thing, my thing there. Like I wasn't excelling in any of these subjects, but my guidance counselor said, well, there's a cosmetology program and I think that you would be really good in it because I would always do my hair. Like whatever singer I was like obsessed with at the moment, Mary J. Blige, I was like cutting my hat and making a ponytail come out of the top and creating all these like kind of hairdos and going to school. So she was right on. And so you I, had style even then. See, there you go. Your style word keeps. Coming. Yeah. And um, I walk into cosmetology school and it's just like a salon. Like you're How old are you at this point? Still in high school. Still in high school. I was sophomore year. So I was 15. And um, I just started, you know, sitting there and listening. And then I found like this fascination with being able to like chemically change someone's texture from straight to curly or being able to make someone's hair curly straight, making someone brown blonde and doing all this transformation. And I stuck with it because mm. I just found 15. that this is something I could do. And now this was a program through your high school? Yep. Wow. Yep. So cool. Which is great about where we live, too. A lot of our stylists have come from vocational high school. Yeah, there's a lot of that around here. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, my aha moment Mm -hmm. was in that classroom when we had these salon owners come in and they were going to teach us the Rachel haircut Mm -hmm. from Friends. And I was like, wow. And they taught it. And I was like, I got that. I could do that. And they talked about the technology and the way, you know, the world is advancing with technology and colleges and things are going to be different in the future. But our career is an art and you cannot replace a human in what we do. Mm -hmm. Someone's always going to have to, you know, be behind that chair to do a haircut or apply, you know. Recession slash technology proof in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone still is going to need to get their hair done. Yeah. I was like, at some point, I think that I could do this. I think that this is something I could continue to grow. And it was like such a wide range of things that you could do. You could be a hairstylist. You can be a business owner. You could be in product development. You can work for a big corporate company. And I was like, I'm doing this. Mm. And then I ended up you know, getting a job as an assistant. And that's where I met Alyssa. And her story was that she was in the salon seeing everything after high school. Yeah, I was the receptionist. That's where I started in that salon. And I was like, oh, this is a great environment. And that was your first? That was my first hair Hair experience. Yeah. Got it. And that was right after high school. Yeah, I was in high school. I was a receptionist. A friend of mine got me the job there. She worked there for years. And I was like, 
such a great salon in Staten Island. It was the Bonzi in Staten Island and it was like the biggest salon and everybody wanted to go there. And I, you know, I started as a receptionist really with no intentions of doing hair, even though I loved doing hair and I did all my friends and my family's hair and I was great at it. But at that time, still, we didn't have that. It was, there was like slight, a slight stigma behind being a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. So I was like, "Mm, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to just, you know, figure this out. But being in the environment, I just ended up having such a close relationship with the owner's wife. And she and I, like, you know, I was like her personal assistant. I had such a great experience working there and my work ethic came from there. And it was, you got dressed and everyone was wearing stilettos to work and everybody was having a great time. And you, you know, you looked good, you felt good. And it was just, that's where I started. I felt like I stayed there. I was there for 14 years. I never left. That was the first and only hair salon. Did you end up going to school? I was in college and it was just, I don't know. I just ended up like I started off, I was in a community college in Staten Island. And then I ended up just. You were like, you found your thing. Yeah, I I had to go to, you know, I had to go to beauty school. I had to go to cosmetology school while I was working as a receptionist because I had to go after. So it was like kind of either or. So you chose it. You had to choose. Yeah. You know what I, what I'm hearing, I love two things that you just said. One is what we give this advice all the time. As far as going back to career for a second, you took a chance, you took a reception job. This wasn't like we, we try to convince people or, or have these conversations often. Like if you love hair or being in that vibe or like the style of the women that were there, like, even if you don't know how to do hair, that's a great job. Like, mm-hmm. get the reception job. You never know. The second thing you said. Sometimes it's a great receptionist that you need. Yeah. Right. We just talked about this. But also, and that's the first face. And that's the person that's the closer. That's the person at the desk that's paying the bill and yeah. then booking your next appointment. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very important skill set. Yeah. So, and the second thing that you just said that really resonated was you found a mentor, which is also really important as you start a career or you change careers or you're pivoting into something else is to finding someone that does what you want to do or like you think maybe does something you want to do and leaning in and being like, all right, this woman is my vibe. She took a chance on you. She trained or whatever it was that she was doing. And that to you is inspirational. I always tell, especially my young clients, it's like, Look up, you know, if the person above you or around you is doing something that you'd see yourself doing, then then stick around. If you're like, nah, I don't know if I'd ever want to do that, then you can kind of listen to your intuition and be like, maybe this isn't what I am meant to do. But that for you was a great experience. It was great experience. Um, which is, and then you guys met there. You got yeah. a job there. Got yeah. For the receptionist. Yeah. Amazing. And I think I had been possibly assisting when you first started. And mm-hmm. I, w- I was just, I had spoken to her about how happy I was and how I loved it. And eventually Regina ended up working in another salon and stayed there for her entire career. Mm-hmm. But I stayed where I was. I was, I had a, a different experience that she does. Again, I was like an assistant to the owner and she was an assistant to about 30 hairstylists, which is a way different experience. Totally. So it was, it's a lot, it's a little bit more chaotic. So I feel like I was more stable in that position. Yeah. And then you guys, what made you then tell us how you went from working at these two kind of different, similar salons, where this all came from? It's also a lot of competition. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of rivalry. Yeah. A lot of loyalty. 
And before you even talk about your intersection, you said something I thought was really interesting that I'd like to talk about for a second. You said stigma. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. Because I think, and I may be wrong, but I think having watched how career has evolved in the last 10 years with an emphasis on fitness and wellness, mm -hmm. where being a fitness instructor was an eye roll mm -hmm. years ago, um, where now there's an entire career that you can find between health and wellness. I almost want to circle back to your stigma comments. Like you guys are the OGs, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like people got their hair done. Grandma got their hair done. Yeah. Like we're talking traditional generation yeah. with all different opinions yeah. and all different like educations and financial incomes yeah. got yep. their hair done way back in yeah. the olden days, right? Uh -huh. yeah. So talk to me about the stigma though. Did the stigma come from your friends, your social circle, your family, your desire to have been a doctor? Where did it come from? I think it has, like, it was my perception yeah. at that time. Mm -hmm. And I guess more of where I felt I needed to be, you know, education-wise and what I was really kind of maybe conditioned to do through my family, like saying, okay, we're going to go to college. Like, my, my sister is a farm D, so she kind of went the medical route. Yeah. So, like, you know, I feel that what does that mean she's a pharmacist? she's a pharmacist but she's a doctor yeah. so she worked as like a resident pharmacist in a hospital for years now she's the dean she of administration at temple university but that's <laughs> like you know but she's technically a doctor of pharmacy so i feel like she loves that medical route i loved that's what my father-in-law did mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. i just think that you know i should have, I thought in my mind that that wasn't a, a job that people admired or looked mm -hmm. up to and I would be judged. So I don't, but now looking back, the industry has evolved, you know, oh, yeah. so much for, uh, from when we were younger, even from when I was younger before I was even, you know, before I was even in beauty school, I feel like now the industry is tremendous. I mean, right. innovative hair product. Just, yes. you know, summer's 100. 11 years old and knows things about retinol. Yeah. Like yep. everything. It's like a $400 million industry now from compared to what yeah. we were when we were younger. Right. When it's you like, were younger, it was Aveda. Yeah. Or like Suave. Nex Nexus. <laughs> or Nexus. The Dallas Sassoon. Yeah. You know, but now it's completely different. So, now, that's something that I feel like I want to stress to people and, and you know, young, the younger generation that it is something that you can do and be successful in, in yeah. so many avenues. And, like, I'm surprised Regina didn't go and do, like, celebrity hair. Like, that's what I – when she said she wanted to be famous, I'm like, how did you not end up in that route? Yeah, True. well, that's, that's where I had that aha moment when they were teaching us the Rachel. And I had that connection of, okay, they're like, you can take this – to all different levels. Mm. If you want to be, you know, in film, if you want to be, and I did, I worked for Ford and I did like, um, you worked photo for shoots. Yeah. I Mar worked for Ford. I was Marissa I was a Ford model. I am. Ah. Mm -hmm. Once a Ford model, always a Ford model. Yeah. I retired at six, Aww. which is why you didn't know me. Yeah. But you know me now. <laughs> it's okay. 
See, so I'm still doing Ford models. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, there are, you, go. Okay. you are. You are working way, if with we were Ford models. Your resume, I would say that's still to present. Yes, yes. Okay. Oh my god, that's so that's funny. so funny. But yeah, that w- that was what like deterred me from. Okay, so I didn't get the time to invest in like going to dancing school and going to be taken on auditions as a kid because I had a single mom, so she had to work and I had to like figure out, you know how to make it in the world. Same girl. And yeah, it, it makes you super, you know, it makes you figure it out really quick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I could connect this to that and I could still be in it. And I could still, you know, I still tried out for American Idol and I still like dabbled in it as I built my career, as I raised children, um, because I had my children at 19, so good thing I figured out my path at 15. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Thank goodness. You <laughs> I've, so I've had like thinking. four life so thinking. Four years of experience by the time we were a mom. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And you know, I think, I think what you're saying is so, it's very relevant to me because as somebody that also wanted to be a performer, it's important to find work. And this is another thing we always say to our clients. It's like, it's, it, we shouldn't necessarily do what we're conditioned to do, Mm -hmm. right? Now, sometimes we have to for financial reasons and emotional reasons, but there are so many ways these days to earn a living doing what we truly were meant to be doing. And I think Marissa and I posted something recently that got a lot of traction on our social media, which was a quote from Oprah talking about how what we're meant to do, like if everybody out there was doing what they were like, actually born to do and passionate about doing, how much happier we would all be. Um, Now, granted, obviously, financially, we need to support our families, our kids, our lifestyles. But if we could figure out things that fill us up. Our haircuts. Our haircuts. Mm -hmm. um, You know, if we could figure out things to fill us up. So the fact that you were able to still find joy and purpose in being a hairstylist and same for you, even if that's not what you were maybe setting out to do and then find so much joy and passion that you decided to open your own. Mm-hmm. And so tell me about that. So tell me about how you reintroduce or reconnect and identify that you're both in a stage of life where you are ready to, to open a salon in New Jersey you when know, you don't work, live exactly. in New Jersey. And, I, and I'd be fair. Like, listen, we, Jamie and I have said this a hundred times. We grew up in Northern Bergen County. It's a different animal than down here. I didn't even know anyone from my Staten mom's Island. Hi, mommy. Um, <laughs> hi. Hi, girl. Hi. <laughs> I never even um, knew anybody from Staten Island except for, actually, I knew one person from Staten Island because I originally wanted to work in beauty, which is not shocking at this panel. And by the way, my first job, my first job yeah, was college. I always wanted to work in beauty. Wow. And um, my, one of the managers I had at one of my internships, Lois was her name. I'd love to know what she's doing, how her family is. Um, <laughs> she lived in Staten Island. And I remember being fascinated because the only thing I knew about Staten Island was from how to lose a guy in 10 days in the ferry. <laughs> um and I saw that movie being filmed. It's fine. You so walked in. Exactly. I digress. So anyway, <laughs> I, I wonder about how, you know, when I moved down here, how much Staten Island is in the Monmouth County area. So much because it's so close to here. Yes. Closer and then, than I realized. But, but for Staten sure. Island has a lot of heritage. 
and a lot of loyalty. And one of the things I've learned from my friends that are expats, if you will, is it's not easy to leave. Mm -hmm. And it is a choice. So you intersect, reconnect. Hi, Christina. Hi, Julia. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Who, by the way, ironically, all know each other. All of our favorite Staten Island people know each other. So, But you make that choice to interconnect (laughs) and leave a culture behind and start over and then start over doing what you know how to do, but without your client base. Give me that. Yeah, tell us about how this happened. Um, So I feel like we we reconnected, right, with our kids. Yeah. My youngest, Bailey, and her twins, who she was crazy that she had twins and I had twins. Mm. Um, another daughter's synchronicity. Name is yeah. So Alyssa Rose. Yeah. Yes. Daughter. Yeah. Which we didn't know each other back then, but that's weird. No, you actually, you, we did, but oh, you did. probably it might have been like a subconscious thing, but I always loved Alyssa Milano, so right. I love that. Name. Right. Same. Love Alyssa Milano. Right? So, um... Our kids were in karate together Mm. and then we would, you know, be sitting next to each other and she was going through some stuff and I was like, finally, like, all right, I could take a break. My kids were like a little bit older and now I had Bailey and she was like five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. And well, yeah, that's when we met. She was pretty much around that. Yeah. Yeah. And she was going through some changes in her life and she said we got to open up a salon we got to get out of here yeah there's (laughs) no room to grow here we need to leave yeah we have to go to jersey because i said half it's 50 50 i feel like everybody's leaving and coming back and nobody's coming to staten island unless they're from staten island to Mm. get their hair done Mm because people i had clients that are like oh my my friend loves your hair but they're not coming to Staten Island to get their hair done. So I was like, we got to leave. It's it's time. I mean, that's fair. Very yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah, smart. So how'd you get to where you are now? Like where? who found the space? How'd you figure it out? Oh, so we, we oh my God, we were all over. We had so much fun though. We, we were did. like, we're going to go to the city. Big dream. So we, we had like a commercial <laughs> realtor driving us around Manhattan. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And totally. the like square footage was like $250 for like foot. one foot. Your, your salon was like this You're big. Like, You're I like, I can get one chair. chair. It's actually like a thousand a square foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I could, I could rent yeah. a chair in a barbershop. Yeah. That's yeah. not I'm it. like, yeah. this is the size of the bathroom. What do you think yeah. you could do? Speaking of, yeah. by the way, you guys would both appreciate this. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just need to say one thing because it just came to me. I used to see a guy, I went through many, uh, as most people have like stories of the people over the years that have done their hair. Before I moved here and I was working for Time Warner, all my work friends went to the same guy, you know, like that's what you did, like, you know, in your 20s. And I went to this guy who was as fabulous as they come, did all the Broadway stars hair rented a chair in a barbershop in the middle. Oh, God, yeah. I'd love to find Wait. him. Daniel, yeah. I went there. I adored this man. I got to find him. Anyway, Daniel rented a, a, a spot in a barbershop. You walked into a, like, dry as a bone, white-walled barbershop. You get to his chair. All he did was, like, pay for the chair. He was, like, doing the whole group salon thing that's now a thing before it was a thing. I love and, the group salon and thing. And he yeah, that's would so rent cool. this chair. And his station was so fabulous because it's all decorated Broadway. Uh-huh. He has like a pride wow. flag and this and that. And it was just like his station and then everyone else was like, you know, cutting like buzz cuts. Uh-huh. Um, but he, and he was like, but, but he was like, the only way I can open my own salon is if I can't because I yeah. can't afford it in New York City. It was crazy. So he just paid the rent 
for that chair in a barbershop, but he had to build so that word amount. $250 per square foot and you're in your in your champagne vision, correct? <laughs> okay, you and were then, like, "All right, maybe we have to go to Jersey." Then what happened? Well, we so then, say that. oh, then just, then we went to Hoboken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We would have been so pissed. All right, we were Hoboken's, already gone. Hoboken's gonna be you know the new hot spot. Too hard to get to. Yeah, then after it is, that, right? It is. Always it was very hard to get to Hoboken. I was like, "What are we gonna do? How are we gonna go? Who's gonna watch the kids? What time yeah. are we gonna get home? Right? How how is it gonna work? Yeah." And then I said, "Ah, I know." I know what we're going to do. There's this place mm-hmm. when you make a right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you get to Red Bank. Totally. Right? Make a right. And it's magical. That's exactly how we always felt it's about like, this area. You're kind of in a mall. You have to and make a right. It looks nice. Yeah. yeah. But you're not in the middle of nowhere, but you're not sure where you are. <laughs> yes. That's yes. exactly us too. Right. That's how we all arrived here as well. <laughs> yep. The and mirage. You yep. make a right. <laughs> you make a right instead of the left because we used to go, to, go Red to Red Bank. Yeah. Go the other way. And then I was like, but it's so magical. And it really is. Yeah. Yeah. I There's a charm there when you like get by the grove yeah. and everything, especially Christmas time. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. So it's our, it's our Fifth Avenue. I mean, yeah, yeah. It really is so beautiful. It's our rock center. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so that we was found it. the space. We found the space and I'm like, this has so much potential. When the did you location, open? When was that? 2016. It was literally, it was literally. the same exact moment. Yeah. We, yeah. When we met, we were like, she May was fresh off the boat and so was I. Yeah, yeah. we were like, I moved patient to August zero. 2016. Yeah. 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 So when I got to her, it was like, hello. And she was like, hello. <laughs> right. It was literally like, we were like, hello. Right. Like we're yes. trying to build yeah. things at we're the like, same time. Hello. Yes. Yeah. But that was and you it guys, too. You guys did that and commuted here from Staten Island for a while. Yes. For a few before years. Two years. I did it for me. Three. You did it yeah, for you three. Were longer. I remember yeah. that. And yeah, but uh, that's how it was. Every time someone would walk in the door, it was people that were from Staten Island yep. that were like, oh my God. I knew you were going to be good. You're from Staten yes, Island. Yes, I needed a yes. Staten Island I've person. been looking for someone. I've been, people would just walk in off the street too. Remember the people that we would just like, this yeah. is like unbelievable. Sometimes people bring roses into your door. Somebody, you were there. No, I was. You saw that. I saw that. That's the inspo for our rose boobs. Yes. Um. Okay. So this happens. Now I'd love to kind of, partner. I'd love mm-hmm. to talk about the word style for a minute. I, I'd love for you guys to talk about the style in which you've created the space, how it feels, and how you've built it to invoke like a certain type of customer, invite a certain kind of customer in, and how you've kind of trained and welcomed your staff, and how you've kind of built a style of salon, in my opinion, that is very unique for the area. Okay. I am biased because I'm a customer and love it there. And I'm not like necessarily walking into many others, but in my opinion, all my friends go there. Granted, that's how Marissa and I operate. We're like, we love it there. You need to also. But like, I would love to hear like the style in which you've built it and why and the style in which you run it um, and what that means to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Alyssa, if you want to talk for a second, because you have it in a minute. So basically, I mean, we want people to come into the salon and feel like they're part of a family. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like what you're explaining is basically the vibe that we're pretty much mm-hmm. giving out. Yeah. 
Um, and we have like a personal relationship with our clients and we have a personal re- relationship with our staff. Which is hard, by the way, yeah. as Marissa mm-hmm. and I it is hard. managed many sword. people over the years and yeah. it feels very personal when they're bringing their personal stuff into the office, yeah. well, for us, the office, or like, you know, you feel personally invested in their success, their income, yeah. they're relying on you yeah. for income. So I understand that. We understand that like a lot. Um, so anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah. I mean, we want the our staff to grow with us. And again, the way that I was basically trained and raised by my previous boss was like that personal assistant. And I, that's kind of translates into the way, yeah, that's basically the way that we translate what we do in training our staff as well is the way that I was like, you know, you learn so much hands on hands on. And what, when you are working, you do that with your girls. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody that's ever worked there is working right at your hands. Yeah. And that's the best way to learn. It's an incredible teaching experience. You watch what we do, you watch things you like, you don't like. And I can't speak to the local competition because there are a lot. Listen, what you do, there's a lot of competition. Yeah. And it's like so word of mouth. And like, who do you go to? But I'm not a young woman and I've been to many salons before prior to this one. And it's the only one I can think of with the exception of I had a very beautiful experience at my friend who I went to for many years, Anthony Giranzaro's salon. And he did have an assistant that he trained. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember anymore if if those trainees ever like grew on into the salon, but it was very familial there as well. But, you know, I went to another salon, a well-known salon for many years, and they did train, but it didn't feel like family. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. And I mean, I don't mean it in a negative way that some of the most talented people I'd ever met came out of Sally Hershberger. Yeah. But I didn't necessarily feel Oh, I did that for a while. Yeah. Right. Um, I felt friendships. Yeah. But I didn't feel that warmth. I felt the hole in my pocket. (laughs) I was like, I don't even care what my color looks like. And it was so expensive. Um, But they did give me wine. You know, I was like trying to like figure out. That was funny. Yes. That was funny. Um, That could be pretty humorous. Um, yeah, no, it's a hundred percent true. Like I, I never felt the way that I feel in your salon. I've literally gone. I mean, besides, I shouldn't say that John Anthony's salon, shout out in Old Span, New Jersey, where I grew up. He's still there. I think so. And it was like run by a dude in town and the wife worked there and my friend's mom did the nails and it, it was like the way you probably felt about your Staten Island salon. Uh-huh. And I just loved it. And it was like next to our bagel place. And I'd like get a bagel and like go next door. And it was like, oh, get a, get a yeah, getting a bagel. Um, and I absolutely Good. loved yeah. going there. But it was like in my hometown, you know? Yeah. Um, and besides that, like as an adult, unless I moved back to where I grew up, which like you were saying about Staten Island, I love where we grew up, but we were never planning to move back there. And ironically, most of our friends live there, both from there, but also from Hoboken. That's kind of the direction they went. Mm. Where Marissa and I are like, Bye. can we swim into the ocean? Like, where <laughs> is the and town? Yeah, like, where's the town that has water as ground? <laughs> um, so anyway, we obviously don't go there. So it's it's hard to find that and emulate mm. your experiences. And that is, and so much of what you guys do is not just word of mouth, it's your work, right? So like, no different than my nails. You know, shout out to Freddie who does my nails at ABC Nails. You walk around and somebody's like, oh, who does your color? Because mm-hmm. I like it. It's very natural. Like, yeah. So what you guys do is not just about the style in the salon. 
but it's the style you, people are walking out with. Yeah. Because you need to make sure that it's speaking volumes for your work. So people are like, I want to go where you yeah. go. So Alyssa, style to you means family. Sure. I like that. Sure. And what about you? Well, so I feel like on the topic of like the difference in where we we grew up in our careers, like hers was more of a personal styling and, and helping her boss. And my bosses were four sisters. Mm. So they raised me like I was a sister too. And our kids all grew up together because they all had kids. So I knew I needed to create an environment like that for mm. whatever I did. You know, and where everyone that, felt like sisters. So, so yeah, that's very similar. That's important to me yeah. for the girls to really like when you break up with your boyfriend, you, you know, have someone to call and like, mm-hmm. you know, they're over each other's houses or celebrating birthdays and like doing all of that stuff together, not just working together and like having that, you know, bond because. So your you know, style is family. So is yours. And her style was friendship. <laughs> friendship and family. And I think what I love so much about this too, time. and we use this word a lot, you know, <laughs> this is one of the reasons why we consider 685 a, like a dream crush of ours. Because I think what you guys are doing for your staff is so inspirational. And that's why we use that terminology a lot when we're talking to our candidates that are looking for work and trying to figure out what the hell they want to do. You want to try to find places that if your fundamental values that is important to you about work is family and friendship, this is the type of salon you'd want to work at, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where you talk to maybe some of the girls that work there and like, what's the biggest thing you could take away from working here? And I'm going to guess that most of your staff would say the mentorship and the friendship mm-hmm. and the family and the and the relationships with their coworkers. It's not about, not to say the clientele doesn't matter because- you're in a town, it's going to be similar clientele no matter where you go. Right. But that's what sets you guys apart in our opinion, right? Yeah. And that's why we want to shine light on you guys and why we partner with you each year for this event. Because if we can bring five, 10, 15 more women into your doors that would not have been there otherwise, and they experience your girls and they see how beautiful it is in there and they're like- Raising vibrations everywhere. They're like, I want to get my hair cut here, even though I'm only here for a streak today. Like, can I get a blowout tomorrow? Um, Because I think what you guys have created is so much the way that we try to run our business. And this this is what I love the most about why we do this event with you guys. Like when you asked me like seven years ago, It was like, this is exactly, you know, those women that were coming in with their moms, they were women who, you know, had lost their hair and, you know, they wanted to be part of a community that was supportive. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always had as my goal is to bring that business and the spiritual aspect of it and what we do, the art, and then connecting with our clients that are like you guys and do it things like this together that make change. I agree. Do Our you, mom's streak her first year was this big because she put it in her hair when it just started nub. to grow back. Yeah. She had a little pink nub <laughs> and it was like the cutest. And it was when she finally decided to take her wig off. Oh. And it was like the best day. And she was like, I remember her thinking it was like, I'm not going to get a streak. I'm like, you're getting the streak. It was like, and the girl like cut it, like basically had to use like a razor to cut it. Yeah. Um, 
and it was so cute. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I just cried. Oh. Yeah, um, oh, I, I was just so proud I, of her. I try not yeah. to remember. It was all just that. I was so proud of her, but she was already granted hindsight's twenty twenty, but she was on the back end already. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Her you last know? treatment, her last treatment was the four. I think it was forty eight hours before I gave birth this summer. Oh my god. So I she literally was, was in the hospital yeah. with my mom. Which you guys know how close we are with our mom. Yeah. But yeah. like for my mom my to mom not, she wasn't there. be there when I delivered yeah. because she was not allowed to be near me. Because we had her on speakerphone. I'm no. I'm like yeah. FaceTiming her and like massaging it's, Marissa's you know, back. Life is a really yeah. crazy thing. There yeah, it really is. Of, there are a lot of really special I'm like, moments. Mom, and there's she's really dark Like I'm like trying to give her like the updates. Yeah. Um. Okay. So obviously you touched on spirituality for a second. One of the things we all share as well is our belief in the universe and things being meant to be and higher powers and what inspires us. Because I think so much of what we all do in our businesses, which are so different yet so similar, is to keep feeding the fire. Mm -hmm. Why do we keep going every day? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? So I'd love to hear from both of you. What inspires you? Do you have mantras that you say to yourself? Do you train your staff with certain quotes? Is there anything that you could share with our listeners that keeps you going? Like it's not easy every day to get up and, you know, now not, you're not doing as much of like opening and closing a salon necessarily, but to get up and do that every day. There's still a lot of gorgeous days on mm-hmm. a Saturday where you're there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a priority. Like your schedule is not the traditional schedule. Yeah. No. The world has changed since COVID mm-hmm. and your work days, which used to be busy and flexible as a parent, are now a totally different kind of day. How do you stay focused, inspired and engaged? So for me, what keeps me inspired is growth. So I need to be growing and evolving and like seeing what's happening all around me and being able to elevate myself to keep up Mm. and continue. Yeah. Because there's no other option. And you've been taking a bunch of really great classes. Mm -hmm. We always take, we always take classes. I mean, now, I mean, the world is so different when you used to get a haircut, you used to look at a hard covered book and pick out the lady that you oh, wanted yeah. to hair. Yeah. Like now, I mean, we have online courses. There's uh, Instagram, there's Pinterest, like there's all these like stylists, you know, with sponsorships and, you know, you can, you know, take courses right on your phone mm. where we didn't have that. No. You yeah, know? no, you had to travel. So, I mean, there's so many resources that stylists have now. So it's really grown tremendously from when we started. Yeah. And how do you stay inspired and engaged? Well, I feel like the same way. I feel like I need to keep everything fresh and always learn and educate to be interested in everything that we're doing now. I mean, you have to go out and you have to, you know, get the different types of like education that there are available to us. I love educating my staff. That's really Mm -hmm. inspiring to me watching these girls grow. You know, I feel like that's always been something that was one of the reasons why we really did open the salon because we wanted to create just this environment where we wanted to basically make little versions of ourselves like out Mm -hmm. there and, you know, the same energy and educate them because I don't know. I just feel like sometimes it's hard when you're at the 
that age and you don't know what to do or where to go. You need somebody to like mentor, mentor, yeah. you, mentor you and guide you. Like we're true, you know, push you. Sometimes they get like stagnant because everybody's busy or they're just looking at social media and they want yeah. to just kind of like they focus on that. I'm like, no, you know, you really, you know, it's great to learn on your education on, you know, through like the internet or whatever, but really going out there, touching hair, taking classes and stuff like that, I feel like is really important. So we give them like a little push. But I love that. Yeah. Are there any, so Jamie and I talk about what we call brand crushes or our dream crushes. Um, they're basically in our career focus, companies that inspire us and, or, you know, ignite our passion for what they're doing. Um, we and- use it a lot just to put it in frame of reference too. We do this a lot. If anybody's listening out there, that's thinking about making change. We encourage people to look at what they would say is a crush. Like mm-hmm. I would die to work for six, eight, five. Right. So after this conversation, you're like, I would want to work there. They're a crush of mine. Most people, most, if not 99% of people that we come across wouldn't know how to then take that crush and act on it. Because mm-hmm. I say this a lot in my coaching. It's like, we were ingrained that if you had a crush, you didn't talk to them. Like you were like, right. they're just like, crush. Yeah. Secret. yeah. Where now it's like encouraged, especially professionally to like, if you have a crush on 685, like get the hell in there. Yeah. Follow them, tag, like DM them, go after them, walk in there. You know, you, it's like almost like the, it's like, it's coming as they always say, everything old is new again. It's the way we used to have to hustle. You'd have to take your resume and walk in and yes. say, I want to work here. Right. And that, for some reason, this generation is, it's, they don't naturally think to hustle that way. Yeah. So we try to coach people. Like if you have a crush on 685, like get in there, like yeah. walk in there, say, are you hiring? Can you, if you're too nervous to do it that way, slide in their DMs, you know, write them a note. Are you guys hiring? If not, I'd willing to work as a receptionist. I'm willing to work in as assistant. I'll sweep the floors because if this sounds like a, so that's why we always ask, like, do you have other crushes that you feel that it inspire you and or you want to just shout out to people out there that you think are just like doing it well mm-hmm. so that people out there are trying to figure out what they want to do. They might look into that as a crush and be like, you know what? Yes, I would like literally flip out. if Or I could you can answer with a local saving grace. Yeah. Like, oh, I couldn't live life in Mountain County without insert. Mm-hmm. Like Marissa definitely couldn't live life in Monmouth County without 685. No. I, I could survive a little longer because I don't get my hair colored yet. <laughs> but I, I also could not live without 685. That was a tough one for us. That's we were kind of trying to struggle with the yeah. answer in that question. I don't really know. Like you can Because be- I, I, I think that we kind of still have a crush on our career right. and this industry because it's changing. Yeah. So, and now, you know, in the beginning- Are there any businesses out there or like lines that you use- that you're just like so obsessed with that like if somebody else out there you're was passionate listening about that new brand they would you took in they should look into or or buy it's similar to what marissa and i the like shout put, from the rooftops about companies the white bottle with the silver top the wow oh, the wow we, i was actually thinking about that we That's do so love wow i do love the wow products and i love their brands and i love that you know chris appleton is such the education they get yes there's I a really, crush i i do i really love you like you their you style. know what you told me you I'll yeah. help you. You told me it was well priced. <laughs> yeah. That it works. Yeah. You liked the product and the packaging. It smells great. 
And it seems to be universally received on all hair types. Yeah. yeah. And that they catered to different hair types. And like, I'd watch you guys like, oh, I want to try that little, that one over there. Throw me that one from over there. And you're doing like this concoction on this hair that looks yes. like this every single day. Yeah. Um, and I bought that one that's like the... The root. Yeah. The volume. And I actually noticed the difference. Yes. I mean, you can't tell because I'm wearing... Headphones on top of it. But you know, it's so um, interesting. People trust you guys, though, with your recommendations. Like when yeah. I asked Marlena at Skin and Grace to which, you know, I am I was going to camp this summer. I'm going to be away for five weeks. My skin, I, I'm scared that it's going to break out. And she like was like, you know, like gave me all her favorite things. And I was like, sign me up, you know, like yeah. a face wash, a this or that, her favorite product. And I think that's a perfect example of your favorite products. But also anything locally that you couldn't live without. Like a lot of people answer with like where they get their salad, like just- You DoorDash all the time. Literally like what you could not live without in Monmouth County. Because I think what's really nice to shout those things out is because we tag them when we post the episode. Okay, well, and then I will say one thing. Um, I cannot live without greens. That used to be Dean's. Yep. Because I really survive off their smoothies yeah. every day. So there you go. Yeah. That's a good one. That's right Green's by market. us. Green's yeah. Market. Green's Market. Yeah. Shout out to and Green's Market. And they in there. Yes. Speaking yes. of a company that does it well, right? They do it well. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I think a lot of people say like local businesses, but I think also just hair products that you guys recommend is always a good answer. So mm-hmm. if you don't have an answer, what do you think? Well, like I, I said, I felt like, wow, yeah, I felt wow. Like okay, was, wow and I green. I feel like that was one of the, that was one of my, my next uh, statements that I was going to make about the wow products. And I do love their, you know, Instagram presence. Yes. You know, yeah, like that was way one of the things. Yeah, the way they're doing it. I feel like they're done well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think if nothing else, this conversation can help somebody just is that's currently maybe just looking for like the light bulb mm-hmm. to be like, oh, let me check that out. Or I've never been to greens. So that's mm-hmm. why we always you know, I haven't been in a conversation with friends in a long time. So, I mean, we have lovely, warm conversations with all of our guests, but you two are my friends and I'm honored and privileged to have shared this conversation. I learned a couple things I didn't know. I'm excited for our 11th celebration. I do want to say timely that if anyone saw me looking down before, um, I, I look met, over and Marissa's like logging into like Barnabas website. Mm-hmm. I couldn't right help now. it. Um, I, I did something that is very atypical of me. I forgot I am a, a daughter of a breast cancer survivor and I have dense breasts and it is the month of October. And I had my checkup and my doctor said, by to the me way, the just to day, insert color for a second, because I think it's important for those of you that first of all, get your memo. But second of all, if you don't know what dense breast means, it means that when they take the mammogram picture, sometimes it's not enough. It's all white in there. So if you're looking at the picture, it just looks like a big blob of white. And it means that there's not a, you're breast tissue is too dense to see if God forbid there's something there. Right. right. So, so often they'll recommend and a, 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 an additional test. So there's nothing, it's, it's, you know, uh, this but is, but no one talks about it in conversation. Sh- that's they, not amazing. But you so, should, you should know if you have dense breasts that you should also yes. be getting an MRI. So, and sometimes that starts before you're 40, um, you know, it depends on your situation. Anyway, 
I, because my insurance is good, thank you, Bloomberg, um, I am able to not only get my mammogram and a sonogram, an ultrasound, but six months after that, I'm able to get an MRI, which really, really, MRIs, by the way, are really not fun, um, but an MRI, which is a really deep look. And I went to my doctor the other day and she's like, Marissa, I didn't get your results from your, your MRI. And I literally just didn't go. Like, like, I forgot. And which, I mean, you guys all know me, like that doesn't happen. Like I'm like turned 45, made my colonoscopy appointment. Like I am as type A when it comes to that stuff. I have no idea why I hadn't gone and I've been bugging out and I called and I got an appointment on Saturday and I didn't expect the radiologist to read it so quickly. And the alert came on while we were on this call and good news is I am clean. Love it. And I am thankful for each and every test result in which I am clean. And it is very, very helpful to see the word benign twice when we're starting this. 100%. And by the way, thanks to Bloomberg, yes. And if you don't have insurance that covers that kind of testing, that's what Breast Intentions does. So if you're out there, you're listening, you're like, I know I need to get my mammo, but it's so expensive or I don't have insurance. There's so many wonderful organizations locally that are helping women find the testing that they need. Getting a mammogram is is important as brushing your teeth early. Yeah. And getting things early and precautionary science saves lives. And, you know, I mean, if it weren't for that screening that my mother did that day, it was so early and they caught it. Mm -hmm. And granted, she had to go through all that stuff. But she's 12 years clean. Two two of my very dear friends um, were diagnosed with breast cancer at their first memo. Two very, very close friends of mine. So it's very real for me to to, to pay it forward. I happen to be over 40. We all are. But it doesn't matter. Just Virginia's like, I'm not. Get your your memo. (laughs) She's like, I had kids at 19. I'm 21. Um, (laughs) So get your memos. If if you take nothing from this, check those boobies. I for Monmouth Medical Center for being fast and efficient. Yes. And I, you know what? I forgot one question. I really wanted to go back to for one half second. One of my favorites is your superpowers. I think we figured out what yours are already, or I did in my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, We really believe that everyone lives life with a superpower and mostly professionally, right? So you guys as professional stylists and business owners um, obviously lead with light like we do. And that's a superpower in and of itself. But I'd love to hear if you think, you know, what you bring to the chair that other people don't like, do you, you know, is it your, what do you think it is? What do you think your superpower is professionally? Um, I think it's energy. Yeah. I feel like it would ever, my clients going through in my chair, I'm, I want to heal it, mm. you know? So if it's, you know, talking about, anything they want or talking about what we're cooking for dinner or, you know, where we want to go or whatever is going on. It's just my energy is going to pick up what they need. Yeah. What about you? Uh, my superpower. I mean, I feel like it kind of has something to do like along the lines of that with the energy and just like kind of everything kind of works out. So whenever anyone comes in with an issue, a problem, mm-hmm. whether it be clients, staff, I feel like. I think yours could just, be customer service too. Yeah. Cause that's the way you were 
Yeah. And I think that I do handle a lot of that because I'm like, no, 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 no. It's fine. Everything's Mm -hmm. okay. It's going to work out. I feel like you have optimism. Yeah. Optimism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sparkly, which is mine. Yeah. Yeah. Adding sparkle. I also think if I may add a superpower for you, I think you're very visionary. Both Mm -hmm. of you are. You you really have ideas Mm -hmm. and you're willing to go after them. We Mm -hmm. have to. Yeah. But that's not... That's not how the other half lives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. you having the energy like yeah. and having vision, having the courage to go after your vision and, you know, yes, being good listeners and being healers, those are all beautiful things. But if I were to break it down, mm-hmm. I would say yours is healing energy and I would say yours is visionary um, uh visionary healing. So yours is like, you can see it and yeah. fix it. And yours is you can feel it and fix it. Yeah. Very similar well, to us. And, yeah. And, and I really, really mean that. I see it and fix you. it. And she feels I mean, it. You and I met the first time and we're both like, Oh, you're witchy like me. And we're like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we literally pass exactly. each other. And exactly. yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, I have both that. Had a second. Yeah. You're a witch. Okay. I have, same, same. Same. I have that too. And yeah. she's like, Oh, me too. And I'm like, Oh, cool. And it was like, literally, we didn't even have to talk about it. Yeah. We're like instant yeah. witch bond. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> witch vibe, vibe attracts tribe. Yeah. Um, anything that you guys wanted to plug, talk about, Anything coming up at the salon? Anything you wanted to talk about besides just going back to the event one more time because I'm going to? Um, to you. I mean, we have, I mean, the, the event is the, the focus right now. Definitely. For us. I mean, o- October. I mean, it's. Breast cancer mm, awareness. Breast cancer awareness. Um, come into the salon. Don't just pop in. I mean, you can, but buy your ticket in advance. We're yeah. trying to manage the flow for these ladies and all yes. their wonderful staff. I mean, so they're you- they're donating their time to do this. So we want to try and be as respectful of it as possible. So we we sell we sell tickets um, right on our website. The donation will go directly to Susan G. Komen and Breast Intentions. All the proceeds will benefit those two organizations. And check it out and get your boobies checked. Um, thank you to Christian. Today's episode is made possible by 685, actually, which is rare. Not always is our guests our sponsor. Um, but these girls invested in us earlier this year and we helped them with a bunch of stuff. And we're just so grateful to them um, being our dream partners and helping us with this event and just kind of matching our our vibe and our vision. Yeah. So you uh, guys, thank I you for being you. here today. Love we love you. So I'm much. proud of you. I love this. This was great. And thank you to our listeners and everybody that listened live. And thank you to a shared universe. And yeah, hopefully we'll see you at the salon getting your streak. And if not, we'll see you around town with our pink streaks. Yes. Which I guess we should have had. Cheers to benign. Whatever. I have my Celsius, my watermelon. Cheers Cheers to to benign. Cheers. Cheers Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Want more from the Dreamcatchers? Check us out. www.thedreamcatchers.life. In the spring of 2020, we launched the Dreamcatchers Web, an inclusive professional membership network dedicated to cultivating community and providing content about career inspiration and making magic. Are you a dream maker looking to inspire or a dream chaser looking for inspiration? Either way, join us today. A portion of our proceeds will benefit the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County because now more than ever, we need to bring light to the darkness. Thank you in advance for helping us lead with light.